0: One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the Team C J Podcast. We are on episode fifty one. We are one episode away from our one year anniversary of doing this podcast.
1: Wait, so we got oh my god, I just wanted to do fifty and well, okay, before we move on. Okay. Kudos to yourself for that beautiful artwork you did for the last <laughs> episode.
0: Yeah. So for those that are listening to this on um, any like audio platform and not seeing it on YouTube, uh, we have custom thumbnails that we do for the YouTube version of these podcasts. Blue is normally the one that makes them, being much more talented with the uh, graphical design and you know, visual editing software. Um, he wasn't here last week, so no. I had to make it myself, and I'm okay at it, but one of his the stipulations flag. was I couldn't use his, his background asset, so I had to redraw it. <laughs> and rather than actually do some, take time, make the shapes, I just, I literally just drew it. Honestly, <laughs> I
1: thought you were going to draw the, uh, the foreground items as well.
0: I thought about it, but... <laughs> You're not that brave, that's fair enough. <laughs> it w- it would have come out as stick figures. <laughs> Honestly, that might have been funnier. Uh, but know I, I did figure out how to do cropping for the, uh, A Way Out video. So I decided yeah. to make use of that talent. Hmm... Newly acquired oh. skill. Uh,
1: you've got the font down perfectly uh, on the numbering. Uh, <laughs> Didn't I <that> just draw <laughs> it? It's like a two-year-old. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so the reason why Kaiser had to uptake this task is because I've let let off some of the slack because I was on holiday this week. Mm. And oh boy, was it hot in uh, in Cornwall where I headed. I don't know how it's been over there. How has it been?
0: Hot. Very, very hot. Although today it's yep. raining, which is a relief, oh, honestly. I fucking wish. Yeah, uh,
1: every single day. Actually, no. First two days it tipped down, I think. But then every day after that it's been hot. We've been going out every single day mm. doing activities, which for a shut in nerd like myself, <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> but we got there. Um. Yeah, and I, I established some slightly weird... I don't know, that was, I established a weird quirk on this whole holiday where... I, so I like to sleep when I'm in the car because I don't like travelling, right? I should point out this is obviously when I'm not driving. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're driving a Tesla. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was like falling asleep. But like... Five... Oh, hello. Five times uh, throughout the journey there and back, I'd be asleep and then I would like either suddenly snore ridiculously loudly and wake myself up <laughs> like a single one <laughs> or I'd like just randomly spasm in the back seat just for no reason and just scare the shit out of myself and everyone else in the car God, <laughs> it's really fucking weird and I felt bad about it periodic seizures yeah but no yeah. it was good um, played a lot of Switch a lot of Mario Kart while I was there um, it's kind of one of those games that you can just keep going back to no matter what especially when there are other people around to, to challenge mm. and uh, I was playing, the the four, the four of us were playing at the time and I was being cocky as fuck because I am just the best at that game in the family uh, <laughs> and uh, my, my girlfriend's uh, brother-in-law I think uh, he was like hot on my heels for a lot of it. And it was the last race. We were both on even points, and I was ahead of him by like ten meters. I could see the finish line, and I celebrated. And it was like, and then he passed. Hell yeah! I put my hands up in the air. Forgot that the controller had, you know, automatic uh, remote turning depending on how you're holding the controller. Oh my God, I hate motion controls. All right, go on. I fucking hate it. I always have it turned off, but because I passed the controller from someone else who's using it. It was still on, and I nosedived a meter from the line on the last race, into the side, and he went past me. And oh my god!
0: It's like one of those, (laughs) one of those compilation videos you see online of people celebrating too early. Like yeah, they throw their hands up because they're about to win a bike race, and then somebody blows past them.
1: Yeah, like it's got to be a Reddit somewhere, like spoke too hashtag spoke too
0: soon or something. I, I, uh, or I'm I pretty sure I've seen like compilation videos of it, people celebrating too early yeah, got out, I can't believe I did that <laughs> it's funny as fuck, man so good uh, vacation, yeah. nice and restful
1: yep saw lots of animals, went to lots of beaches um, there was a uh, like, the, the, the pool tables there, right, so there was snooker and pool tables mm. which you could hire out for an hour, and it was free mmm 100% free. That's fucking rare. Yeah. It's always like a pound to play, or 50p even, or whatever. But no, this was completely free. And you had to book them. You could start booking from the previous day at 7pm, right? Mm-hmm. That's when the booking opened. I went every day to try and book a pool table for any time and it was always from booked? 6 to 9 o'clock. Mm. 6 to 9pm. Every single fucking day from 5 till 9 some wanker had got there first, right? And it can't just be one well, I'm assuming they don't just like one family book 4 hours in a row cuz that'd be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um and also, if you're playing on the snooker table or the pool table, no one else is allowed to use the other snooker or pool table.
0: Why? Because COVID guidelines. Oh right. I so keep forgetting you guys still have close. that stuff over there. They, they've yeah. basically so, gotten rid of all of that in Massachusetts, so... It's, it's kind like of...
1: to rub salt in the wound. No one was even on the table, and we couldn't book it out. And this whole week, I went there. I went there at 7.30pm at one point, so mm. half an hour after the booking had opened on the previous
0: day, and all those slots had been filled. I, I was fucking livid. I was <laughs> wondering how they, they had everything booked out, but it's oh, it's okay because you can only have one of the tables in use. That's really stupid.
1: Yeah, it really annoyed me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had a swimming pool. Which, again, you had to book, but I actually managed to get a slot in that. That was <laughs> good. Uh, got horribly sunburnt, because <coughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, but on the bright side, I have quite the town
0: now. You can uh, see my forehead, especially. I've, I was out at a cookout yesterday and my face did also get sunburned. Which is... Yeah. Fortunately, neither of us is on camera for this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well. And, uh... So, you know... Um... ah, Fuck me. How how much is... So, a bottle of... uh, Your average bottle of alcohol, right? Depends on the type, but go on. So, I got one of the, the super large ones that you tend to get in, like, uh bars and stuff, and they have them upside down,
0: and they can just pour out of them, right? It's, they don't really have that so much in the US, but I have seen them when I was over in Europe. Oh, they not in America? Oh, okay. They, like, they're not as common as, like, you, the the tap of liquor that you see at those bars. They yeah. do exist over here, they're just not that common. Um, well, anyway,
1: there's, like, big, big sized bottles, right? Yeah. I had one and a half of those bottles to myself across the week. I had about Three pints of rum. Jesus Christ. Uh, among other drinks. Now, I don't drink much. Um, but but on you're holiday, on vacation, yeah. Yeah, I was like, fuck it. Uh, I drank probably one of a whole bo- whole bottle of that. like So two pints over about one day, I think. It's interesting, um,
0: those... Trying to think, because I remember talking to somebody um, that from from someone in Europe. I can't remember if it was a coworker or somebody else, maybe even you. But somebody was telling me, so we have a a, you can get bottles of different varieties of alcohol over here in what we call handles, which are one point seven five liters, right, and. so, like, the, there's the standard sizes you can buy stuff in is 750 milliliters, um, or a handle, which is one point. It's a whole liter more than that. And somebody was telling me mm-hmm. you couldn't get those over there, which I didn't believe. But maybe it's true. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um... From yeah. The sound of this thing, what you're describing it as, it sounds as big, if not bigger.
1: Yeah. Well, let's go because obviously i got this bottle. This is... Like yeah. A more normal a size smaller. One. Yeah. Than the one that it was. Anyway, um, so yeah, lots of fun drinking, uh, and the god's alcohol smiled on me because I didn't have anger. <laughs> the other so, guy I was with though, gone.
0: All that extra sunshine and Yeah, I guess. outdoorsiness.
1: Um, the other guy I was with, he is, he's obviously not quite as strong a drinker, but He's one of these people who can chug anything. Oh, I can't do that. He had a tall, tall pint
0: of beer. I need to down two of them that night. I can't drink quickly. Like, that's... Yeah. that's I've, I've never understood people that can do shots. I've never understood... Pe- pe- like, I can do a shot, I just find them unpleasant. Like, I'd rather mm. get something nice and sip on it. You know? Or the people who, like, chug beers... No, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Well the thing was I, I like said it jokingly, I was like, ah, let's let's have a chuck and then he fucking downed it and I was sat there with my dick in my hands like, oh shit, now I gotta down mine And I've just had two pints of cider. Oof Um Yeah. That was that was pretty much the uh the, the main points of my whole day. How have your, how's your week been?
0: I've, the week sp- itself has been pretty dull. It's been work during the day and then, you know, in the evenings just been playing, like, single-player stuff. Oh, yeah. so this is something that, um, just amuses me whenever I think about it, but... And I, a couple of my friends got a kick out of it. So I got an Xbox Series X. The, the mm. new one that just came out, the one that looks like a refrigerator. Um... Mm. The one that's been shortages because every computer component and stuff has had shortages this past season, um, but I got one, and it's I mainly got it because I when Halo comes out I want to play Halo on the console like the new Halo I I'm yeah. I'm hoping for it Halo Infinite looks good. You know what game I've been playing mostly on that thing the that giant black cube of a console? Said, Tetris. Morrowind the original morrowind <laughs> elder Scrolls. Interesting. it's i found my old original xbox copy of morrowind game of the year edition and i was like i wonder if this is, this thing has backwards compatible course, going all right. the way back to the and it does i can play, nice. so i've been playing an original xbox game that i i played in high school yeah. on, on this brand new fancy console <sighs> I did also try it. It will run uh, Cyberpunk, which I, w- was notoriously glitchy on the PS4 and Xbox One. But this one yeah. can apparently handle it. It's a lot more stable. Um, oh, really?
1: Out of all the glitches
0: gone. Yeah, I had to download like a 45 gigabyte patch. Um, right. But they, they, they've they been patching the console versions heavily because they were really, really glitchy at the beginning. But yes, mm. I've been... <laughs> that, that's what I've been doing during the week. But yesterday was the reason that i'm sunburned um finally a bunch of my college friends and i for the first time in like a year we all got together and did like a uh cookout at one of my friend uh one of my friends and his his wife they they bought a house none of us have seen it they haven't had guests pretty much at all they because it was all during this lockdown um so they were eager to have people over show off everything around the house daddy hmm is this daddy no, no, no. This is uh, um, my friend Kevin from Definitely. college. Okay. Um, but he was there. Okay. Um, yeah, so we went up there, and, uh, like, the only people I've seen during this lockdown that I know from college have been Juan and Raymond. Um, yeah. But, and Juan only, only recently, because he's been down in Florida the whole time. Oof. Because he, I mean, he had a, his he's a kid, and he's like, I'm not... Spending the entire winter locked inside in Massachusetts. I'm going somewhere warm, so the <laughs> kid doesn't drive us yeah. crazy. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but it was great. Yard games, played bocce, played badminton. Um, mm. Also, you said that say that in a really weird
1: way. I almost misheard it the first time you said that. Wait, badminton? Yeah. How do you? It say sounds it? like you're saying. It sounds like you're saying badminton. I am. Like a, a naughty glove.
0: Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's
1: badminton.
0: Minton? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the it's <laughs> Boston accent. We we tend to drop consonants. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of consonants out there, guys. <laughs> well,
0: okay. So the, the 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 um the city that I went to college in spelled W-O-R-C-S-T-E-R. How would you pronounce that? Wait. Sorry. Say again. So W O R. C... Oh. Eh. Yeah, that's God, a classic one. Yeah, that, well, that's... I'm saying, like, it's, a... it, it's spelled, like, Worcester, and we pronounce it... Worcester.
1: Y- yeah, Worcester, or Worcestershire. Yeah.
0: There's there's a bunch of stuff like that, yeah. like, um... But you don't drop the N off of Boston, do you? <laughs> well, no, but it's because there's... there's, there's <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of words like this. It's a complicated accent. <laughs> Ah, uh, Busto <laughs> You like there? There are quite a few um, words and towns and things that mm. people from my state will will usually just drop consonants in the middle of the word. Oh, we'll add them. Yeah. What's how you get? Uh, you know, when people say you know, it's not park, it's pak.
1: It's not cabbage, it's cavaggio. That's what. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways, we went up there, you know, played games all day. Didn't, like, we thought about, like, normally when we get together, it was like, well, I'd play some board games or something like that. But honestly, yeah. it had been so long since any of us had seen each other in person. Most of the time, people just sat around, like, talking, exchanging stories, and, you yeah. know, playing games in the yard.
1: Some fun physical ones.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, um, two of my other friends, they have, uh, had this big, like, big dog. But it is, like, the friendliest, most well-behaved dog. The, the dog's yeah. name is Sadako, and she, like... Do you know what breed she is? What? You know uh, what I think a black lab. Is? I'm pretty sure she's a black lab. Oh, okay. Um, but just very calm, very well-behaved. The one thing she does, like, she'll run up and just, like, lean into you. Mm. Or she she also likes running between people's legs. hmm which is fine for um, people like my, my taller friends. Like, Jesse, <laughs> she, she just goes right through his legs, no problem. But for most, most people... There's a less she, clearance. She, for, for most people, she just rams into your crotch. <laughs> Which, if you're not prepared for it, can be quite painful. <laughs> but the other thing, yeah, like, she, uh... like, she, like, when I got there, she ran over and is like, oh, you know, rubbing up against me and I'm scratching her head. And then she just, yeah. like, leans her side into me. And then keeps leaning, and then keeps leaning, and yeah. then keeps leaning. <laughs> and, like, eventually she's putting so much weight on me, it nearly, like, knocked me over. God, yeah, uh, I really
1: used to do that a hell of a lot. So you'd, like, be scratching him, and would really enjoying it. And so his, like, instinct when being scratched is just to lean. Yeah. And so he would do that, he'd keep doing it. And eventually he just falls over. Because <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> like, a fucking parallel with the floor. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. God, but then oh, we've got god. the, um got one brother's cats over, apparently, today. Yeah, I
0: just saw one walk behind you in your camera. Like a, not, you? not, not recently, but earlier. <laughs> okay. Like It was like ten minutes ago. I didn't want to stay. They are like there.
1: little fucking ninjas. <laughs> um, which is God. great. I love them. Big Maine coons.
0: God. Big cats. <laughs> there were so uh, many... Hold. go I uh, just... I, I realize this, this whole segment... The topics of this segment are just like... This is like just what um, up to Just yeah, just an update on life, wholesome yeah. wholesome stories, vacation. Yeah. Oh, oh I get to feed goats. You get to feed goats? Oh yeah, you sent a picture of a goat. Goats. Did I send you the video? No, you didn't send the video, you sent a picture. Ah.
1: They gave us both um, these packets of goat feed and they had like these beautiful goats. Some of them had these most amazing, amazing beards. Mm. And they'd come up to the fence, they'd put their two hooves up on the fence, and they'd kind of poke their head through. Uh, and they're very gentle, you'd think, I don't know, they'd, they'd be a bit nippy, but...
0: No, they're yeah. very... just... Lovely. I mean, they probably know that they're they're getting fed, so they're, like, perfectly content. Like, oh yeah, I'll yeah. be nice.
1: Yeah, they had, like, oh, they had so many, like, birds and things. Uh, obviously dinosaurs, as you saw. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then... And then they have just, like, a single bunny rabbit. I mean, it was so cute and alone. I was like, "Oh, God. yeah, it was great."
0: They also had like a fucking golden eagle. Oh, that's what else happened. It's fucking huge. Uh, I was trying to think because it, it, we recorded the podcast on Friday last week, so I didn't get—I uh, didn't tell you about this. We had um, so last Saturday, I went home to my parents' place. So it's actually two Saturdays in a row. I went out to some kind of a cookout. Um, mm. Because my hometown does fireworks like a week after Fourth of July.
1: Mm.
0: Now, fireworks went off from the town. Great, cool watching it. But then, just after that, first of all, I should say that like owning fireworks for like personal use in my state is illegal. But the state like that's I could get there in like twenty minutes. They have tons to own fireworks for personal use on your own your own property. I think. With special licenses and stuff like that, and if you have a certain amount of clearance, like a certain amount of acreage on your land, you can do it. But in like residential areas, you, you sh- you're not allowed to. Um, Holy fuck, we are completely allowed to. That's weird. It depends. Like you can have things like those little sparklers and stuff, but I'm talking like the no, big can ass set of like fireworks. Really interesting. Yeah. Well, to be as fair, as I'm aware, anyway. To be fair, my state is fairly restrictive, but twenty minutes north of me in New Hampshire, they're perfectly available, perfectly legal, yeah. and they're a they're giant... They're
1: not even fireworks at that point, they're just firing grenade launchers into the they're sky. It's just, just and
0: perfectly... But people will yeah. go up from Massachusetts, just buy a whole crap ton of them, drive back, and then light them off anyway. Um, yeah. And depending on how anal your town is, some of them will get very pissy that you're lighting them off, and some of them won't. Um, yeah. in, in my hometown, our one of our neighbors shot off a fireworks display much more elaborate than the towns and it's It's like it's right across the street from me so it was just like just a complete i was it was so loud and so close and they do this every year i like honestly it's probably what you know being under artillery fire was like would be because it's just and the sad part about this is it really freaked our dog out like he was, was gonna say how was he he was hiding under a chair he did oh. not like the big booms. Um, so it took us a while to calm him down after everything was over. Uh, but, still, beautiful display to look at. Really cool. I, I gotta show you a video of it later, because um, I took one. But, nice. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate. It, this, it used to freak out our uh, our cat when he was around, too. Um, yeah. I can't remember if our old dog had a, much of a problem with it. He... He was a lot more chill. Mm.
1: Most dogs do though; it's understandable with their hearing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Same thing with cats. Very heightened hearing. But anyway, that was that was a cool thing. Um, You know, got to use uh, (laughs) what.
1: Well, sorry. I thought you'd finished your sentiment.
0: No, that that was it. Fireworks display.
1: The um, the only reason I found out that it was you know the Fourth of July. I th- Actually, I think you've told me previously, but I... Yeah. Anyway. So I was like... <laughs> I, was, I was in Cornwall. I booted up Pokemon Go and I'm like,
0: why are there fireworks? Why are we celebrating this? <laughs> <laughs> you, you want it region locked? Only the Americans get the fireworks?
1: <laughs> well, I'm just like... I, I, just, I had no idea why it was happening. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's because, you know, that country that got away from us. <laughs> <laughs> the one Somebody. that got away. <laughs> oh, but, uh but it was,
0: God, it was a nice America. Now it's
1: some kind of weird pokey fest thing. I don't hmm. really get it. But yeah.
0: I'm still a slave to that game. I I should get back to playing it a little bit more.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean it wouldn't take me there's a like there's a, because there's the canal right outside my window, I can, um, I actually can get a lot of water-type Pokemon. <laughs> they just, they spawn out there.
1: Yeah. I was talking to Alicia, like, um, a few days ago, and I was like, what if you just got on a boat mm. and went a little ways offshore and had, you know, 4G, or whatever,
0: would you just get, like, all the water types? You do. I've done it in Boston Harbor. Oh, damn. I've been. That's cool. I, I, we were taking a boat out to. Um, it was a like it was a company event, and my company. There's there's a bunch of islands in Boston Harbor, and a couple of them are like uh, privately owned. They they rent them out for events, so mm. you can have like cookouts and they have like yard games and stuff set up out there, like horseshoes and stuff like that. Um, so my company for our our summer outing was. They, they took us out on a boat, so I, I was playing Pokemon Go on the on the boat ride out, and I was like, yeah, I was getting mm. tons of them. Water types and oh, a few, yeah. like, flying types.
1: Oh, nice. That's not really cool. Yeah, it's like, it's... I I detest mobile games, as you know. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Um, there are a very, there's like, I think, three mobile games on my um, phone, one of which is RuneScape, so not actually a mobile phone game. Uh, One is, like, an AI dungeon. Uh, It's just a really cool... uh, It basically makes a story, um, and you can, like, put in your... add in things. Um, And, yeah, the other one is Pokemon Go, because there is nothing better when you're waiting for a meal to arrive or something when you're out eating. Let's flip that open. There's normally Wi-Fi and a few Mm. Pokestops nearby because it's
0: a restaurant. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Pokemon. I think on my, my phone, my actual phone phone, I mm. have Solitaire and Pokemon Go, and that's that's mm. it in terms of games. I do have a tablet, and on that one, I also have Hearthstone, uh, TFT, and uh, Knights of the Old Republic, actually, because they nice. made a mobile version. Wow, it actually seems it, mad. It's actually pretty functional. I mean, the game's the game's pretty old at this point. It came out in the early two thousands, <laughs> yeah. so it should be able to run on a tablet.
1: Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, no, I. Um, I actually had lunch before I got back to bath today, and yeah. uh, me and Lizzie were sitting there, and we had had our meal. We both had like a breakfast. She had extra hash browns. We both had drinks, and then. Some, the one of the waiting staff comes to the table and put a drink of Pepsi down and they're like, ah, this is yours I'm like, oh, okay, cool I didn't know you'd order another drink, sweetie I didn't, I thought you did <laughs> Oh I guess this is someone else's Well, it's on our table and it's COVID so I guess no one else can drink it Yoink <laughs> yeah. Like, five minutes later So I, I assume whoever would order it had, like, complained and been like, oh, we're well, sorry, sir take the drink to that person, right? Mm. Five or ten minutes later, she comes back over again with an entire breakfast. <laughs> like, a big breakfast. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't. <laughs> Joke's over. <laughs> this isn't ours. I don't know what, like, how do you get a table number wrong? It's right there on the table in front of you.
0: Could be new wait staff. You never know.
1: Oh yeah, I guess they could, could have thought it was a different table, I guess. But all the tables around us were empty as well. <laughs> it was like someone just trying to make us fat. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to fatten uh, you up. Yeah.
0: Oh my god.
1: But no, I have no quandary. If someone takes something off my table and puts it down, as far as I'm concerned, that is fair game.
0: Oh, can I so fun story. Um, this was something I found out during the cookout yesterday. One of my friends He was doing work you know, new homeowner doing work around his house like trying to like you know they had some initial issues with like humidity in the basement and stuff and like for whatever reason they realized they needed a bucket and they didn't have one so right. Lowe's it's a hardware store they ordered just three generic plastic buckets right Mm-hmm. You get, <laughs> the box comes and he opens it and there are four angle grinders <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a four hundred dollar power tool.
1: Jeez, what, four of
0: them. Four of them of an identical, an identical angle. Wait, hang on. So four hundred pounds each. So one point yeah. six grand. Yeah, and so he he called to, he called them up and was just like, "Uh, I ordered buckets and you guys sent me this. Like, oh yeah, yeah, just bring them back to a Lowe's store and we'll we'll give you a new bucket." And he's like, "Yeah, okay." And he hung up and just bought new buckets. He's like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not bringing these back. Fuck that. <laughs> so he's, he, he kept it, one yeah, for game. himself, like gave one to his dad, gave one to one of my friends yesterday, and I think his wife yeah. gave the fourth one away to one of her friends. So Yeah, I guess I, it would be kind of weird to you, sell you don't. He didn't even have a use for one, but now he has one in case he ever needs yeah. it for something.
1: It's like, that's the kind of thing, I like, oh, this person had a steady income, and then they suddenly started selling angle grinders, and now they're a lot more. What kind of racketeering is going on here?
0: I mean, I've had mistakes like that before, and most of the time, big companies like that, it costs more for them to take it back and restock it, so, I mean, there's, there's always going to be some, maybe not with something that expensive, but, yeah. and it, de- it depends on the scale of the company. Like, for Amazon, for instance, there have been times where, um, like, they've lost a package, and I've called, and I'm like, hey, this package didn't come, I've, it's been, like, two weeks, and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And they'll s- just send a new one. That's um, what they tend to do, yeah. But, the thing is, a couple times, that package must have gotten lost in the mail, because it shows up, like, after shows that. Up late. Yeah. So, like, for instance, the, uh, po- the 3DS games, Pokemon Sun and Moon, I had two copies of each of them. Because I bought, I bought both of them. The package never came, and then I called them. They they replaced oh. it, and then both packages came. And so Jeez. I so I gave I gave one copy away to a friend as a birthday present. I still have two copies of Pokemon Moon. Um, Damn. But c- cause like gonna junk that one. I'm over there. <laughs> if hey if you want it, I'm t- I'm not gonna. P- I don't not going to i do not i do not have two D- three DSs. Right. I f-
1: finished the first one. Now I'm moving on to the second. <laughs> it's the same game.
0: <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's this it's time we're interesting. going to take the female character as a main character. <laughs> I, it, and stuff like that doesn't happen too often. Um, mm. Like they're they're pretty pretty good about it most of the time, but every now and again something like that happens, and like every every retailer has uh, what they call well, retailers and restaurants they have what they call like you know breakage or loss, and yeah. so. They, they always assume that a certain percentage of the product they have in there are either going to be broken, they're going to be damaged when they come in, they're going to be, you know, potentially stolen. They do have departments called loss prevention that are there to like make sure things don't get stolen or purposely broken. Yeah, they've extra manpower. Yeah, but it's it's part of the it's part of what's considered overhead. It's all worked into the price of the things that you're buying at these places. Hmm. For the most part, and it, that's it, it. Applies more to like really, really big retailers than smaller ones. Like if you have like a mom and pop shop, their overhead, it's going to be a much thinner margin. So, Yeah. it's a lot worse.
1: But yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be spending anything for quite some time now. <laughs> After all, they really fucking empty more. <laughs> that's what they tend to do. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I I'm just. I'm glad to be back in a nice, cold room, without. Well, actually, I got, I'm back to work tomorrow, so there is still responsibility. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> I took tomorrow off work because uh, I've had two weekends in a row where I've had a very, very busy Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad I did because I'm tired and sore today. So I, I'm gonna. Today is gonna be nice. Take it easy, and then mm. tomorrow, not gonna go into work. Just chill out some more. Probably play some more nice. Dyson Sphere program.
1: Well, that's what I'm going to be doing that today. I've been looking forward to that so much. I've got to show not you not the... Not because uh, of like, any interesting action stuff that could happen that's new. I just want a nice chill game like Dyson
0: Switch to play. I've just been, yeah, I've been having like I've been having like a TV show up on my other monitor. Something on Netflix mm-hmm. or Amazon. And I've just been like building my factory. I'm... I'm so I've taken my naming scheme uh, for those that People should be aware, if you listen to our episode from last week. Um, The uh, Dyson Sphere program is a factory-building game, but on a planetary scale, so multi-planetary, multi-systems. The goal to build a Dyson Sphere, to harness the full power of a star. Um, But I have been taking my naming scheme for the planets from Warhammer, so in my system I have Hive World 1, which is the organic one, I and then mm. I have Forge Worlds 1 and 2, which are basically barren factory planets at this point. One of them I've covered, like, more than a third of the surface in a factory. That, nice. Yeah, it's getting yeah. crazy. Some Forge Worlds. Mm. Alright, anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's send let's it up there, Anything? Uh, anything, last final thoughts in your head? Ah, uh, not really. I am ready to go. Aye. Right. Well, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. This is segment two, our media segment. What was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> god damn <it>. uh, potato. <laughs> oh, oh my god, alright, <laughs> this is, like I said, this is our media segment, uh, obviously since Blue is out on uh, vacation this week, uh, we did not watch a movie together, but no. I have been watching quite a bit of things while I've been playing Dyson Sphere Program, um, hmm. mostly some older shows, and hmm. um, I've also been playing quite a bit of Morrowind, so I wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit, because... I'm definitely getting a lot deeper into the lore of that game than I did when I was a, a kid playing it, because I had a lot less uh. patience as a young teenager. <laughs> um, so let, just to, to start off with, the two shows that I've been watching the most while playing Dyson Sphere, both of which I've seen uh, before, are the, um, the rebooted Doctor Who, um, the, the first few seasons of it. and then, Eccleston? That one, and then later, David Tennant. Yeah, Eccleston, Tennant, Smith. Yeah. The the uh, Tennant um, episodes are definitely the ones that I liked the most. Yeah, um,
1: I think, beyond, like, they had really good actors, they had
0: really good writers, Yeah, and they had
1: a massive budget because the Eccleston one
0: was also really fucking good. Yeah, because it, it, it hit all the, the things. I did like yeah. some of the lines Eccleston had in the first season, like, she, she questions, like, why he has a northern accent, because, like, all the other doctors had more of a, a southern English accent. Um, yeah. And he's like, a lot of places have a north. <laughs> it just... Yeah. It, was just such, it was such a throwaway line, but it always amused me when he... that, that like, bit there. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, also, so, seeing some of the,
1: the, like... I don't know if you, you, you... I see you off the very first episode, of course. Mm-hmm. Of the reboot. Where um, some of the... Uh, graphics, the animation. You could tell what time they came from. I and mean, when you see like computers and stuff, and it's the big white boxes. Um uh, yeah. yeah, no, Mickey Smith getting sucked into a bin. God, the the animation was so goofy. Yeah. It, it. You
0: could tell it was it was kind of a, a hokey show. Their budget wasn't so great for the first season, yeah. but they they made do. Um yeah. and it actually came out pretty well. Like there, there were a few even in the second and third seasons you could tell that they had like a limited budget in some areas and some Mm. episodes but they they made do with it um and there's there's a few interesting and contrived uh pieces of writing in it um i definitely i can tell watching through it now i've become a lot more jaded now that i'm in my 30s but um i think things that were
1: possibly Dramatic back in the day. Obviously, they're not dramatic to us now because film has moved on so much, and we can see
0: through that. Yeah, because like, this business. started in two thousand five, so we're we're sixteen years yeah. on from that now. But
1: uh, to this day, I still remember. Obviously, the first one being the, 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 the plastic dummies, but um, the Slavine. Uh, it was a two-parter.
0: Oh yeah, the, w- when they, they took over Downing Parliament. Street, right? Yeah, or, Parliament. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, yeah.
1: Um, that was a really great one, and the. First time you see Daleks and Cybermen, also.
0: The first time you see the the Daleks, man. yeah, when he's just kind of unstoppably rampaging through that underground facility. That mm. one also very cool episode. That um, broken Dalek, yeah. The Cybermen. I don't know. I always found them a bit hokey. Yeah. Just like. But the like
1: the first episode that was the one with the alternate timeline, right?
0: Yeah, it was the alternate timeline. Oh, they, that they was did so manage cool. to make them seem kind of intimidating in that episode. Um yeah. Marching but the one, across
1: the lawn in the dead of night. yeah, screaming.
0: I, I don't think I should well, maybe I should quickly um, step back and explain because not maybe not everyone has seen Doctor Who. It is a British show and I feel like it's probably not as big over here in the US. Um, oh, no, it, it, it did massive. Get, it did get big. No,' I'm, I'm yeah. especially okay. where I went to college like almost ever that's the reason I, I, I first heard of it in college, which again, mm. was a few years after it had started airing. And I, I remember uh, Jesse had been, like, watching it, uh, he was hanging out in our dorm room, and um, I saw him watching, I was like, what the hell is this? And they were already on the Matt Smith era at that point. Oh god. And, um... You
1: missed the tenant era? Oh my god. I
0: Well, I started from the beginning. So I had to go back, because when I first heard of it, the it was two thousand. It was 2010 when I first heard of it. Yeah. And at that point it had already been airing for four or five years. Mm. So I went back and I watched it. Loved the Tenet era. Matt Smith was was good, but I honestly... I liked his era more for the Scottish chick than for him.
1: I was never a fan of her. Amy Pond. Yeah. I mean, Amy Pond. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I, I kind of liked her. I, so I liked her my more favorite, than... I liked sorry. her more than the Doctor in that era.
1: I really liked... Uh, to be fair, Rose, because she was pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But she was also was, she was she was very cool for that time. Yeah, that she was also uh, and, just like
0: she she gave up the vibe of just being like a normal person very well. Yeah.
1: And someone who I never thought I would like until I actually saw them doing, it and then I was like, "Holy fuck, this person is gold." Catherine Tate.
0: Are you talking about the the older redhead chick?
1: Yeah, the comedian. Oh,
0: she's a comedian. I had no idea. Uh, I think she is. She's been in other programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen her in other things. And but yeah, no, same same person. I, I thought I was going to hate her. Yeah. I honestly, from the very first moment she showed up in like a spin-off episode, like before she actually became a companion, yeah. I did hate her. and then she, But she grows on you so well, like over the course um, of the series.
1: It's no, like with a lot of the previous companions, it's, it's a bit, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll yeah with her it's like you can really feel like they were putting just you could put yourself in that situation she's very down-to-earth yeah she's not a special super doctor or rose was kind of the same she was kind of like someone out looking yeah she started off kind of down-to-earth and then
0: grew into being something special over the course of a couple seasons
1: when she got the whole God Powers thing in the, the TV station, which was another great episode but I didn't really like the whole uh, taking the TARDIS into her system kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they did a couple interesting things, but yeah, and then the the, the middle one, the, the one in between those two, uh, whose name I honestly, I, other than Martin Rose, Jones. I can't remember the companion's names.
1: Oh, uh, Freeman, uh, yeah. Someone Freeman. But yeah, she was called Martha Jones.
0: Martha Jones, thank you. Um, so hers... I don't know. Hers was, like, on an episode-to-episode basis. Some episodes, I was like, she's awesome. Other episodes, mm. I'm like, this is getting kind of tedious. Can we move it along? Like, <sighs> what, what's the episode where there's an episode he... Oh, I, I, sorry, we're, we're going off into this and talking, and I never did actually yeah. stop and explain. I was trying to... I was the reason I was saying it might not be as popular in the US was because I think you know some people who are listening may not have watched it and so I was going to quickly yeah. the premise of Doctor Who is there is a alien race of uh, beings called Time Lords and they're essentially like this highly 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 advanced, advanced species that has the ability to manipulate um, you know space and time essentially and um, in the, the subsequent, like in the earlier series, he's one of this race, but um, in the series that started in 2005, the one we're talking about it's heavily implied that he's the last of his kind because of a, a war that happened between his people and another people and we should say there are a lot of rules and limitations as with any space and time yeah, like no. he, he can't interfere with his own timeline, he can't like go back and change events that he's already been a part of, um all kinds of rules and restrictions and things like that and the other thing is and this is a premise for the show so they could kind of switch out the actors as the the show goes on anytime he dies he's able to regenerate and he comes back with you know a new body a slightly different personality potentially um but Mm -hmm. it's still the same memories and person and even
1: different gender but we'll
0: get onto that yeah that that one that was a bit contrived um Actually, yeah, it, it's a it's a decent idea, um, but they no because the master re- did it well. The master did it well. Yes, that was an example of they did that well. But it was I'm talking about the um, the lady they had on recently as yeah, the doctor. Yeah, no, like she, I watched a few episodes of that season and it was just garbage.
1: That wasn't the rules' fault. That was shit screenwriting.
0: It was. It was it, like that. That's even the actor's fault. It wasn't even the. It, I think she was. I think a. She was potentially miscast. B, the director and writers were probably crap. Um, but yeah, I just. But those early seasons, especially the ones with David Tennant, absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that that's just the, that's the background. And so usually he has like some human companions with him, and they go off and have adventures through space and time. Right, that's the premise of the show. Um, and when they they remade it, it's, I don't know. It's just great, great fun things happen. It's it's sometimes yeah. like there's usually some kind of a message in the in the episodes or, um, I don't know. It's, it's oh my god! I I I, I kind of lost track of my thoughts the, the, there. But
1: there's always like so the Doctor's always kind of been an advocate for the answer is not just to kill the enemy.
0: Yeah, he uses um, his. It's heavily emphasized that the only thing he ever carries with him is a screwdriver, essentially. Like, a, yeah. this, well, he calls it a screwdriver. It's like this very high tech piece of technology, but it's a tool. Mm. He never carries weapons, except in one episode.
1: To be fair, all right, the very, very first episode. Are we talking about that?
0: No, no, I'm talking about uh, when the Master is returning, and then he's bringing back Gallifrey. Okay. And the but, old man is, like, the old man is trying to offer him the revolver. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to carry it. And then he finds out that the Time Lords are coming back, and that Gallifrey's yeah. returning. He immediately grabs the revolver. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> well, it, it, but they, they did that to emphasize the point that, like, this is such an existential threat that he's even going to violate that that rule that he normally holds himself to. Yeah,
1: because it could end the universe. Um, yeah. And... But, the, like, a large part of the David Tennant arc was him stop... Like, Rose stopped him being uh, a murderer, essentially. He, yeah. Like, he was never a crazy, psychotic killer before. But he was, but,
0: uh, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's clear that they kind of imply that he was heavily traumatized by the Time War.
1: Yeah, literally the very first scene from the revamped Doctor Who. The first time you see the Doctor as mm. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. He's carrying a brick of C4, and he blows up a building.
0: Yeah. Oh, like, I'd completely forgotten about that.
1: Yeah, he he li- he literally says C4, and he's carrying it along with him. <laughs> Granted, there's no one in the building except, well, I, I guess aliens. Technically.
0: Yeah, those weird mannequin things.
1: They're not aliens, because they're reanimated, so... I guess it's okay, but it's not a very violent way of going about something. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you get peaks of that throughout the the revised series. That like, unlike the his previous iterations when the show was around in the seventies and eighties, like this is very much a man who has been like scarred by going through that experience of of you know the horrors of that time war. Mm.
1: And uh, if, even in the bad parts of Doctor Who, there are. The occasional bits of gold, like a- as with any company, when they find something that's popular, they milk the shit out of it because yeah. they're in business and that's what they do. Fine, that's why Daleks and Cybermen are no longer scary whatsoever. In any way,
0: because they use them repeatedly.
1: Yeah, uh, and it was great for the first few times they used it, but now shit. The Weeping Angels were a absolutely work amazing of art. Oh yeah. All right. That so, was David Tenman's stuff and I'll let you to For
0: go yeah, for, for reference, this is one of the enemies monsters that show up in the series. And essentially they look like statues, like statues of angels. And they they've got their you know hands covering their eyes. And the idea is like they're they're a creature that will they, they will attack you, but they can only move when they're not being observed by another like living creature. Mm. so the idea is like if you blink, and they're extremely fast if you blink, if you look away ah, that's when they get you Mm. Um, and when they get you they throw you back in time and absorb the energy of like throwing you out of your place in history or something like that and that's how they feed Yeah. and so that's again what makes them horrifying is this idea that if you look away, that's when they're going to get you yeah,
1: it's such a brilliant concept because it's based on Like everyone has to blink blink as much as everyone has to breathe and so you're sat there in front of the TV eyes glued on it trying not to blink and then you're kind of terrified even though you know it's a show especially if you're a kid it is terrifying
0: I saw that episode when I was in my early 20s Mm. and I won't lie after watching it I felt uncomfortable around statues for a while yeah like, it, it uh, just, it, but it, the writing was so, and that, that's, I think, one of the tragedy of the later seasons, is that the writing really dropped off. Like, mm. in those first, those first, like, four or five seasons, even into the Matt Smith era a bit, like, the writing was so good. Um, so they,
1: we, we, we talk about the Matt Smith era as where it kind of started to go wrong, right? Yeah. But they did have River Song.
0: The River Song arc was something I really liked, but I felt like they they tied it up in a very lazy way. Yeah, I think they ended it poorly. Um, so there, that, there's the, a that reveal there. When we're talking about like the actor's name and then an era, that's basically referring to. I mentioned that the guy re he regenerates. So there's the Mark Eccleston. He was the first one. He regenerates into David Tennant. These are the actors' names, not the. They're all the Doctor in the show. Um, David Tennant goes on for a few seasons then he regenerates into Matt Smith um, so when we're saying the era it's what actor is actually playing the doctor mm. so in, throughout the Matt Smith era and part of the David Tennant era because she Riversong shows up first in his thing with the library yeah. um, there's this other woman who's meeting him but all out of order mm. so like when they first meet it's the last time that she'll see him, hmm. and, and she when dies. yeah, and then then the last when it finally gets back to the uh, to, like so several seasons later, then the, they they play this up that like every time they meet, um, she's seen him fewer and fewer times, and he's seen her more and more times, and vice versa. They're meeting each other in reverse order in time, hmm. and at the end, like they built it up so much throughout that season, and it gets to the end, and I was just like that. It was it was such an anti-climax in my, like in my opinion yeah. at least. But they made a really
1: badass character and I think yeah the entire series would not have been the same without her.
0: Hmm. She definitely added a lot to it. I agree. Yeah.
1: Then they tried to add the uh, the forget me creatures. Do you remember them? They're like Slender Man.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. I yeah, I remember them. B-
1: that, in my eyes, that was them trying even harder to milk the Weeping Angels, because they are the same as the Weeping Angels. If you look away, you're in danger.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of the- they, but it's the same- it's a bit more insidious than that, though. Because they don't- they- just a, these were creatures, right, that- after you stop observing them, you completely forget they exist. Mm. So, um, like, basically the idea is they're, they're always around and constantly manipulating people and trying to influence things in their favor. And no one knows they're there because the moment you don't look at them, you forget they're, they're there. So people are, like, writing on their arms and hands and stuff to try and, like, remember that there are these things around them. And, yeah. um, it's, it's an interesting concept, and I thought they, for the most part, they handled it well. But you're right. They, they probably are trying to go for the same feeling as the Weeping Angels. Mm.
1: They did revamp the Angels, though. I thought in one episode where the uh, the image of an angel is an angel. Do you remember that
0: part? Yes, that's that's in Matt Smith as well when they they were at some kind of a dig yep. site. And yeah,
1: with a religious group of soldiers.
0: Yeah, it was it was that was interesting how they did that. It was um, <laughs> the the Catholic Church had become an armed force in like the year four thousand or something like that or where, yeah. wherever they were in the future, Very yeah. American.
1: <laughs> um, and, yes, going through that forest uh, with a blindfold on, pretending you can see the angels. That was quite an intense... Um, that was pretty much the whole episode, was that? Do
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Hmm. But, yeah, so I, it's been... Because I've seen most of the series before, it's been a good thing just to have on in the background while I'm doing Dyson beer. Yeah. been having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, sorry, I'd we totally got caught up, and we can keep well, on talking about this we, if you want could, to We could honestly it. because it's it's a good series, and when I when it I is. we're talking about the light, the writing getting lazier. Mm. There have been two eras since the Matt Smith one ended. So the Matt Smith one ends, and they bring him back as an angry old Scotsman. Again, um, a great actor, amazing was actor, wasted. and honestly, I watched those series mm. just because of that actor because he's. He was fucking awesome. He
1: was, and the, they also had a comedian. Um, and wait, no, did they have a comedian? What was the assistant?
0: It was. Uh, I was the the woman, the soufflé person, soufflé girl. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't remember. It. I think it starts with a C. Clara, Clara. Clara. Yeah, she was pretty good too. She wasn't bad, but the fact that I can't remember her is kind of telling. The problem with her was she was like, unlike a lot of the other assistants that kind of grow over time, like Rose started out as just a normal person and slowly became yeah cool and awesome. Same thing with the um, other woman, the redhead. Um, Catherine Date. Yeah. This, this girl, Clara, she starts off just immediately amazing at everything. And then stays amazing at everything.
1: Yeah, she's very ditzy, but it's it comes across like they're trying to make her kind of attractive in that ditziness. bit like, like it's a cool thing,
0: kind of like an idiot savant, like that yeah. kind of feel you get from her. And in some episodes it works, and in others it doesn't. But it does mean that she doesn't really have a character arc. Yeah, it works well for the Doctor, I think, not really for the... Well, because he's supposed to be this, like, timeless being. Yeah, that no one can fully understand. Exactly. Um, but it's just, there was that, and but the at that point, the actors, like, were what salvaged that series in my mind, mm-hmm. um, but the writing was already getting pretty bad.
1: Yeah... The monsters and, weren't scary anymore. There was a lot of contrived plot points that didn't really fix to any other history. Yeah. Um, and they, they,
0: they were getting heavily into, like, let's subvert expectations by, like... and it, But they did it in a very predictable way. So there were multiple episodes that I watched, and like, two minutes into the episode, I'm like, this is, this is what's going to happen by the end. Yep. And sure enough... That's what happened at the end. They they had very contrived plot points. Um, yeah,
1: I, I can remember like scenes of of that were funny. Yeah. But I can't I'm really struggling to
0: remember any actual episodes. There was there was a hilarious episode with the cuz the doctor is uh, I can't remember his name, that old the old Scottish guy that was Capaldi. playing. What? Capaldi. Oh, Capaldi. Yeah. So him He was locked in a jail cell with Robin Hood, and the two of them are just arguing and shouting at each other. Hilarious scene. The episode was kind of... So it was an episode where they they find themselves in a scenario that is literally the Robin Hood legend, Sheriff of Nottingham, Robin Hood. It turns out all to be some kind of an illusion, and it's not really real, but... But he ends up locked in a, a, a jail cell with, with Robin Hood, and the two of them are, like, arguing and shouting at each other, and it's just hilarious. Capaldi does a very good, like, angry person. I
1: do remember now. I, first of all, I thought you were talking about the one where the three doctors are in the jail cell in the same era. That's a Tambira. good one. Yep. <laughs> He's not bad. Um, I mean, and-
0: <laughs> I, well, I was just happy to see David Tennant come back.
1: That's true. Um, and the other one I thought you were talking about was the... Uh, Vikings one but I think that was actually the lady
0: I, think I lady. don't remember that episode yeah but anyway so they um so that that era happened and then there was the the, the current one where they decided to gender swap <laughs> the doctor which again they've done previously in the series that established the time Lords can regenerate in as either gender or whatever <laughs> um, mm. and because the one of his primary rivals, another surviving Time Lord called the Master, had regenerated as a woman in, like, a previous season. And it was actually, like, a good plot twist. It was like... Sorry, you... Two very important things. I want you to remember that thought. Okay, go.
1: First of all, I think before we get on to that new Doctor, I think we need to talk about the assistant that came after Clara and before that. Um, Who was it? It was a student at the university who they put so much effort into reminding us all that she was a lesbian.
0: I completely blocked
1: her out of my mind. Who is this person? Um, I think the first episode she's in, she like looks into it. There's like a water girl that's following her around the universe. Uh, um, hold on, I try to uh, remember.
0: Uh, she she was in the episode with the Romans. Oh my god. Yeah, I completely blocked her out of my mind. Yeah. That, that 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 was in my
1: eyes the beginning of the real decline because they got into ethics. They got
0: strongly into ethics. Well, cuz everything they they tried to like force modern day. They, one of the appeals of this show was it was kind of timeless. They would they would if there was a message or a lesson in the show, it was a timeless message. It's mm. like it's it's better to solve problems through Discord and and you know yeah. cleverness rather than through violence. It's you know discourse, always try to see discourse. both sides of a problem. Don't you know? Don't assume that your way is the right way all the time. And all these the, the and it the, was
1: slipped in smoothly. It was not
0: blunt. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was. They they the the writing was competent. And they were able to get. But that that was when they really started to to like push like specific modern day like okay. cultural topics into and it was it was blunt it was not like it was you can do stuff like that subtly and try to give a message that like is culturally relevant to the day but do it Mm -hmm. in a clever way this was like like grade school level writing the way that they did this and so that happens and you're right they do remind us she's a lesbian like every other episode
1: yeah um, and also, you mentioned the the master. I don't know if I feel like we should talk about the master yeah. after because he starts all the way back at tenant, and I yeah. think he deserves his own segment.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, he's yeah, he's got his own thing. But anyway, so they they had done the whole like time lords can regenerate as either gender thing before, and it was handled very competently with the master. The other time lord, um, this one again, it happens again and this time it's the doctor, he regenerates as a woman, um, which, again, could have been handled very well, but I don't... And I don't want to blame the actress, because I've seen her in other things, and she was pretty good, but yeah. in this, it was just god-awful. Like, and I I, I want to... Because I've seen her act well in other things, I want to believe it was, like, the director... Hmm. that whoever was directing this and potentially whatever script she had to work with that made it shit but it was just awful
1: yeah I've not seen many episodes of the new series I've seen them on occasion where I've been right around friend's house
0: kind of I've, I I watched part of the first season that she was in and then stopped I, I've seen yeah. like people talking about subsequent episodes but I've just I wasn't well, going to waste my time sitting through it
1: I think you've seen a certain episode because I believe we've spoken about it on the podcast before, where she is on a like a leisure pleasure planet, um, with her three companions. Right, Do you know what I'm
0: talking about. Is is that the one where something about a virus and a bag of chips or something like that? Yes. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it.
1: So a guy gets like a. a Burrowing worm coming out of a chip uh, crisp vendor. Yeah. And suddenly there's like a hole in the wall, and it turns out the entire world is not actually its paradise, but it's a desolate wasteland with no oxygen, despite the fact that you can actually see trees and fires burning. Um, Which
0: require oxygen. Which
1: require. And I literally, like, I was at Alicia's house with her family. And I literally burst out loud, loud laughing at that, because that was so stupid. And then they're like, oh my god, what's this weird writing on the wall? It's... Polish. This is
0: Earth. <laughs> 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 they're like, this is Earth, and this is what happens to it. Oh and yeah, pollute. so they're, they're trying to do like a ham-fisted like, environmental Ugh. message. They make it so hand fisted. They get
1: back to the TARDIS at the end, and the, and she's like explaining, "This is the Earth, and this is what will happen when global warming hits. Only in a few years' time, if everyone at home, I mean, in the TARDIS with me, is oh not a good God. little boy." And it's like,
0: what? It's not How a it's not a fucking PSA. Yeah.
1: Jeez.
0: The the whole. It's, like, it's Poland. It looks like that anyway. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> 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 but you know it's yeah. So they they that's kind of what we mean when they we say they got very very ham fisted about the uh, the the messaging in that. Um, yeah, like the there were well, like they them. they did like conservation and environmental messages in like earlier Doctor Who episodes from mm. those earlier eras, and they were they were good. Like they. They were subtle enough that we go, like, okay, yes, like, obviously you don't want to, like, you know, dump sludge in the river behind you, and it's it's obviously, you know, it's good to make sure that you're preserving bits of nature for people to go out and enjoy, and things like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: I think, in fact, not long before, I think there was a Capaldi episode where they're with uh, these miners in, like, Wales.
0: Yes! Yeah, I've seen that episode.
1: Yeah. And they're, like, fracking or something, I think. Yeah, uh, or they're digging, doing some
0: some yeah. kind of mining.
1: Yeah, and they hit, like, a an oxygen bubble from a lost civilization, and mm. the lost civilization just starts fucking killing them, or trying to.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, no, this was so ham-fisted on the nose.
0: Yeah, they, and, it was practically her turning to camera and going, Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a step out from being an actress for a second to tell you about environmental problems.
1: Oh, that's the thing. She had three companions. Then I, I, am pretty sure this is how because this is how I remember that scene. The three companions were stood in a row, like they're lined up for school. She turned away to face away from them, almost into the camera, and lecture about speech. yeah. Like oh,
0: it's just that's so awkward. It, it gets it gets, it's bad, but anyway, um, so like, there's that, but the and master. The Master, yeah. So, to he he apparently was a character all the way back from the original Doctor Who, from what I've heard, and oh. he was a big rival to the original Doctor.
1: He was as big as, if not bigger than, the Daleks.
0: Yeah, as as an antagonist. Hmm. Um, the Daleks in this uh, show being a um, essentially like. A Salt race and pepper
1: grinders with lasers. Yeah,
0: they, they kind of look like that, but they're essentially like these heavily armored, super powered, super genius, like um, quasi fascist alien race that is mm. all genetically identical and basically hates everything that's not them. And you couldn't
1: climb stairs until the latest series. <laughs> well,
0: until the latest. Uh, sorry,
1: the the revamp.
0: Yeah, because they can fly after that. But um yeah. anyway, yeah. So the master is another time lord who again doctors rival through uh for a while and it's implied throughout most of the um new series that all the other time lords are dead uh but then uh he shows up they they encounter him uh in one of the the episodes i want to say it's season three or season four of the new series it's, it's so, it was in the tenant era
1: um, I'm about to drop a whole bunch of spoilers into quick succession, alright, just to get people catched up. All right? Go for it. Okay, so there's a character called the Face of Bo, who is actually Captain Jack Harkness. Um, after he gets, like, unlimited life, he eventually becomes this insanely old being, meets the Doctor. The Doctor doesn't realise it's Harkness at that point, and the Face of Bo then dies after giving the message, You are not alone. Hmm. Then, like, the next episode, or a couple after, the Doctor is on a, like, the, the furthest reaches of yeah, the was, universe. it was like
0: the year 3 trillion or something like that.
1: Yeah. Like, the last few days of the Earth. And Captain Jack Harkness, as a young man, is there with him. Um, they'll go to this silo where there's a bunch of cannibals all over the planet but there's this, like, last silo where humans remain, and there's a genius doctor called Dr. Yana. And right at the end of the episode, so they're blasting this rocket off to a, a paradise kind of world, apparently. Yeah. Because the doctor just wants to give the human last people of humanity a hope. Mm. And the doctor's reading Dr. Yana's name on screen and realizes Y-A-N-A is You Are Not Alone. And realizes that he is the last Doctor, as well as not sorry, last Time Lord, as well as the Doctor. Yeah. And then I'll let you take the next. Yeah. Nice. And then
0: he like there's a sort of like this watch thing that they use to essentially hide him. Like he he essentially with this watch, the way he escapes the Time War is he uses it to transform himself into a human. Um. And when he realizes that, like the the watch opens and it transforms him back into a Time Lord, back into the Master. Hmm. and then their that their whole rivalry thing sets off again he you know goes back to conquer the earth brings like all these humans from like a trillion years in the future as his yes. soldiers to conquer the earth which again it's a spoiler because it's not revealed that they're humans until later yeah all um, the
1: people on the rocket who they were going to save he just picks them all up turns them into monsters yeah and sets himself up as prime minister
0: yeah, and then he beca- yeah, he becomes the, the Prime Minister. And, he, hey, he also shoots the President in that episode.
1: Yeah, he did. that was a great fucking three episodes, wasn't it? It was, it was a, a trip, really good it?
0: series. Yeah, no, he, they, they managed to establish him as a big, threatening character right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and he really follows through with it, especially the episode where he comes back and he's, like, consuming people. Like, cause he, he They do beat him, and then he comes back several episodes later mm. in, like, a I think it's a Christmas special. Um yeah,
1: he he gets revived because his he originally he died in that trilogy.
0: He did, but he gets revived, he's but he's on. like he's like a husk. He's not fully alive yet. Mm. And so um, he's like constantly hungry and he's like consuming other people's life force just to sustain himself. Mm. Um, and th- that's the episode where he tries to bring the other time Lord's back. Um, <clears throat> anyway, and he does he does and so he then they beat him but then he shows up again in a later episode and it's not no one knows it's him this is in the Matt Smith era I believe he comes back again as um, well he was a master but now he's the mistress because he's been reincarnated again and no one knows who he is um, because now it's a woman and it's only in the last few like minutes of one of the episodes where they realize where the doctor realizes oh shit that's who this is um. Mm. and again they manage to ke- they, they keep him as this like equally clever to the doctor rival with much looser morals and he become like so that's how they make him as threatening as he is Um, but yeah, yeah. great great yeah. antagonist
1: yeah brilliant actor I love Johnson mm. in like multiple works that he's done
0: uh, and the female master as well did an excellent fucking job that was yeah and I think that really is the tragedy, because it's not the acting talent that they have in these shows no. in the later seasons. It's that the just the writing got a lot lazier, a lot lower mm. quality, and they started going for much more... They, they, they lost a lot of subtlety. Like, a lot of the yeah. things that made the, the plot entertaining was kind of sacrificed in the name of just... I don't know, doing a PSA... It felt like they were trying to... Every time they did it, they were
1: trying to... Every time they released an episode and it inevitably crashed, they doubled down for the next episode. They're like, right, we need to make something dramatic. We need to bring everyone back on the side. We'll do something crazy and significant. And it wouldn't fit with the rest of the story.
0: And people would just hate it even more. And they'd keep going down this spiral. Yeah, to the point where I think... No one cared. I think one of the things they changed... So it was established the Doctor can only regenerate a certain number of times... Yeah. and that the first one was the first one, but they changed it, so now he's, he's regenerated a billion times, and actually he's not a Time Lord, he's a tiny black girl that was a weird rift in time, and yeah, this, this is like one of the more recent ones they did. <laughs> he's a tiny black girl now? That's how he started. He started as a tiny black girl, and then he was experimented on, and then he regenerated a million times, and now he's... They, they're, they're, it's just gone off the deep end.
1: So, he had, from the beginning, it was said that he has 12 regenerations. Any Time Lord yeah. has 12 regenerations. Uh, it got to the Matt Smith era, and he's in a, like a Christmassy town, and I'm not surprised you do not remember this, because it was a really bad episode. Yeah, it was.
0: But I have seen uh, that episode.
1: And he's, like, in a bell tower, and he's screaming, and he's like, oh, just give me one more life, and they just give him one more life. Cause-
0: yeah, again, bit contrived, but I could see what they, they wanted to keep the show going, and they needed a way to... And I think that establishes why he regenerates as like this older, kind of more decrepit version of himself. Yeah.
1: Um, but you know, it, it's changed from being a thing where it was a biological thing, where Time Lords... That's just a Time Lords lifespan. Yeah. You just get 12 lives and you're dead. And now it seems to be more like a... You go down to your local precinct and ask for another life, please... <laughs> so uh, you fill out fill out your life taxes.
0: application form and then we'll... yeah like oh yeah. shit I'm late with the paperwork I'm gonna fucking die <laughs> yeah they again they <laughs> they did there's a lot more contrivance in the later series yeah yeah anyway but we we anyway, actually yeah. filled up this entire segment just talking about Doctor Who yeah, yeah. well it's something we're quite both quite passionate about I think <laughs> I mean it's it's a very enjoyable series I like I yeah. I really especially. Those first few uh, seasons, like after it was rebooted or restarted, I should say, it wasn't rebooted; it was just continued from the older series. Um, yeah. Yeah, quite good, yeah. and it's just, it's a shame that um, the the writing quality has dropped off so much.
1: And we got up next. We got another fantastic story, which is both close to both of us.
0: Yep, I'm going to be finishing up the synopsis and our discussion of The Golden Sun, the second book in the Red Rising trilogy. So yeah, look forward to that. Uh, But yeah, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMZJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, which we are continuing on from last week, where we were going through The Golden Sun, the mm-hmm. second book in the Red Rising trilogy. Um, Not to be mistaken, but no, I can't say that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> when, when I left off last week, I believe the last thing I had talked about was the uh, attack and their escape from uh, Luna. Um yeah so to quickly the, summarize uh, sorry no sorry you summarize
1: because i about. yeah
0: to quickly summarize sorry I just hit my mic because my chair is slowly sinking and i needed to put it back up um it, this chair's old and it's starting to go so it's the hydraulics aren't exactly working um so to summarize in um The second book of the series, we pick up with Darrow, uh, who is at the academy. He's commanding a ship. Um, He loses his last battle uh, between him and one of the people from the Bologna arrival house. Um, And barely escapes. Tons of people on his ship die. And when he's back, you know, kind of sulking that, oh, I was so close and I I lost. Um, Those same people, like, you know, beat the shit out of him and then pee on him. And because of all this humiliation, uh, you know, the guy, Augustus, the uh, Arch-Governor of Mars, was like, Yeah, sorry, I'm going to sell off your contract. Uh, can't have you around embarrassing us. So they go to the moon. At the moon, there is, you know, he meets up with some old friends, talks to some old people. Um, he tries to find ways to get a friend or someone he can use to buy his contract of service. Um, he also meets up with the sons of Ares again, they inform him, like, the, but specifically Harmony, the wicked violent red. Um, she convinces him using videos from when his wife was hanged, that he should go in and suicide bomb the golds, he knocks out Roke, one of his friends, because he doesn't want him there getting blown up, um, and then when he is at the dinner there he finally like something clicks in his mind and he's like no just blowing these people up isn't gonna solve anything like you know there's there's one way to destroy the society and so he goes over and challenges uh, the guy who was his friend but now is his bitter blood rival Cassius you know kicks over a glass of wine into his lap and you know challenges him to a duel so they have a big duel Cassius is winning at first and then Daryl reveals that he would trained with this legendary swordsman and then kicks his ass and chops his arm off um f- he's stopped from killing him by Mustang the the love interest from the first book who's kind of who actually came to this thing on the arm of Cassius uh she stops and reminds him that you know he's he's better than that <clears throat> but then there's like a big brawl happening because the sovereign tries to stop the fight and stop the killing and everyone's like no you're violating your own rules and it breaks out into an all-out fight between the two families and those families allies the augustus family they escape um and then they see out in the yard and stuff there are other families hunting down other families and like people getting you know killed and slaughtered people are just taking the opportunity to settle old grudges while they can while the violence is going on they managed to get back to their compound. Um but uh Oh wait, no, no, I did things out of order. They get back to their compound first and then in the middle of the night they realize something's wrong um because people have uh gone missing or something. No, I think they went I think they split up. They split up. And That's okay. And at some point Darrow realizes that um ...that the Aulun family, the Sovereign's family... ...she's taking this opportunity to just slaughter the Augustans. Yeah. And so,
1: like... So hmm? They had... I think they
0: had... Do they head to the uh, the Swordmasters' planet? No, not yet. So, okay. they're they're locked down... I'm kind of going over stuff from last time... ...just to make sure we know where we're yeah. picking up. I, I summarized the first chunk of the book pretty quickly, but... Um, ...they're locked down... And Darrow doesn't know how he's gonna, like, get out of this because the Sovereign's got all these, like, heavy military types around. And then the Howlers show up. They blow out his window and come in with the bag. They've got the Sovereign's grandson and heir, like, in a duffel bag. Lysander. <laughs> Lysander, yeah. And they they realize, alright, we gotta go out and try to rescue the, the Augustans. And mm. so they, they fly out and they find, in a swamp, know in a like a, a hot a hot spring essentially um the rest of the the golds hiding so augustus some members of his household his son the jackal all hiding in there um and using lysander as a hostage they managed to escape but not before the one of the head guards i think i can't remember her name and it starts the one with one swordsman yeah the the uh... The crazy lady. The one who's, like, one of the Sovereign's closest guards. I can't remember her name either. It starts with an A. Anyway, she grabs one of Darrow's, um, friends out of the air, uh, Roke's love interest, and just completely, like, slaughters, well, not slaughters her, but slams her head against the ground, and, um, essentially kills her. Not kills her, but does some, mortally wounds her. They manage to get her back, they get on a shuttle, and they're trying to escape the planet. Um... As they're trying to escape the planet, uh, the Jackal, no, not the Jackal, uh, one of Tactus, one of um, Darrow's friends from the Academy, uh, betrays them and grabs the Sovereign's grandson and leaves the ship and goes back. And now they don't have enough time. The ship's way too slow to get them to their own ships before the Sovereign like, figures out that her grandson's now safe and opens fire on them. So Darrow comes up with a crazy fucking plan, him and uh, Severo, they get inside these giant like assault mech suits, fire themselves off at the Sovereign's flagship, and like bash through the window and essentially take over the whole ship, or take over the bridge with that surprise attack. They damage the fuck out of their suits, they're all like disoriented from the the blast, but they're both alive, Um, which again, badass way to board a ship. It's, it's mm. established, like, one wrong move, and they're, they're dead in a millisecond throughout this maneuver. And Darrow thinking, like, okay, how do I take over this ship? Because he's just got two people, essentially. There's tons of other golds and other people on the ship. And so he, he gets the communications, and he announces to everyone else on the ship that, you know, I've taken over this ship, and listen to me. Like, all the people who are not golds on this ship it's like, there's a button up here on the bridge, and any gold can access it. And if I press that button, I vent the ship, and I mm. take it, and all you are dead, but I have the ship. And he's like, I, you know, I'm i telling you this, I'm telling you this because I'm not going to press that button. Only if you guys help me take the ship. And he convinces all of the other lower colors on the ship to turn on the golds. And, um, you know, they all, they they do. They, they take over the ship that way, and that's when one of the best characters... In this series shows up Ragnar Valares, the uh, this massive fucking obsidian, which are like the warrior colors. They're like, he's like, he's established to be like, you know, two and a half meters tall, this giant hulking like bruiser of a guy. And um, yeah, Darrow manages to convince him to work with him. And to to serve him and whatnot, and they agree. And it's interesting moment. So they take that they take that flagship, essentially, and that's how they manage to escape. Is they use that as their cover and get away, and they manage to run off and escape back to Mars uh, with you know the Augustan family and everything like that. And essentially, they've started a civil war now. Um, and so now the next thing is the the planning stage. Like, how are they going to take and hold Mars? Well, how are they going to keep Mars? Um, and they they try to do, like, they, they come up with some more plans to go out to the shipyards around Ganymede and Jupiter, mm. and to take, like, some, some ships there. In the meantime, Darrow's going to go and meet with his old swordsman teacher and convince him to come with him. Um, And fight for them. Yeah, convince, exactly. (laughs) He's doing the uh, quotation fingers. Um, So they go out there. Darrow does manage to convince him, but in a very underhanded kind of way because the Sovereign's people show up there on the planet and threaten the guy's family, essentially forcing him to join him. Uh, Darrow's yeah. kind of laid a trap, though, so he blows away the sovereign's people who were there, and also um, defeats their ships in orbit, um, and convinces him in that way to rejoin him. So Flies then away Darrow, on a griffin. what? Flies
1: away on a griffin.
0: Flies away in a griffin. That's true. That I, I love the fact that that's one of the things I like about this book's lore is because. They've like genetic engineering has progressed as far they've essentially created mythical creatures, like yeah. People who are just like genetically engineering, like Griffins and Krakens and all these creatures of legend. Mm. And that is something they talk about in the books. I think they talk about it a bit in this one and later they point out that the golds have essentially stagnated. Like they've they've begun to think of themselves as gods, and they've crafted all of these mythical beings for themselves, and they've just yeah, come- I mean-
1: Part of the reason why it was so easy for Darrow to start a civil war was because the Golds have been trying for however many hundreds of years to become just stronger and more powerful, and they have nothing to actually fight against because they are the strongest things in the universe. They're the apex
0: predators, yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry, that's what I was going to say on that.
0: Mm. So, after taking that planet, there's also like a I, I won't go into some of the, the details of the conversation he has with Lauren, which is his teacher Lorne, Lorne al Um, they find out that Augustus has been captured, like the Arch-Governor Mars, he's been captured, he failed in his mission to take the ships at the Ganymede uh, shipyards and um, now Mars is essentially in the hand of the, uh, the Bologna family, the rival family and the Sovereign so Darrow comes up with, like, a daring plan to retake the planet. And, mm. um... Oh, he also finds out who, um, Ares is at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, also, we need to talk about, um, Fitchner becoming part of the... Uh... The Swordsman. That was the tip, that
0: Oh, you're thing. right. Yeah, no, we didn't... That didn't get brought up. So, oh... No, no. Okay. No, he finds out about. Th- Sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. That that does happen, but it's after this scene. So, um, oh, okay. Darrow calls for like he takes advantage of this this thirst the the golds have for for glory and prestige conquest. and, yeah, an and conquest. Rain. He, yeah, and conquest. He calls an iron rain, which is essentially just in those the same mech suits they use to take over the ship, like him and Severo. It's essentially. From orbit, just golds firing down in these mech suits and raining down on the planet and then conquering the cities that way.
1: And it's kind of... Being part of an Iron Rain is something with, like, extra levels of glory, like... Yeah. That's the shit where people are like, that was the good old days when we were blasting dick first into our planet and it yeah. couldn't stop us.
0: Yeah, like the... Because that's how the golds originally... Because the golds originated from... Um, people who lived on the moon and they took over earth by doing an iron rain like hundreds of Mm -hmm. years ago and that's how they they came to rule the whole solar system so he calls it and of course tons of people flock to his banner and they're all like eager to get a little little piece of that glory a little taste of that action yeah yeah and so they rain down and there's, you know, there's an epic battle and there's all this this stuff that happens. There are traps that are set for them and they they get around them he in almost some ways. What?
1: He and Severo and several other main characters almost die from drowning.
0: Yes, yeah, cuz they get they get hit with an EMP and um, it knocks their suits out and they fall into a river.
1: And not even they are strong enough to swim in a a giant suit of metal that can't move.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Darrow manages to use his razor and almost takes his whole arm off, but he uses his razor to cut his way out of the suit and then cut Ragnar out, and then Ragnar and him... Like, this is a a big, big point. He convinces Ragnar to pick up a razor, which, it's a death sentence for anyone beside a goal to touch one of these things. Um... But the two of them managed to cut their way through the people who ambushed them, and then, you know, save their friends. Ooh.
1: Then, the, bit, the a very important thing about the Howlers at that scene.
0: Mm. One of the Howlers, yeah. One of them is so profoundly offended that the, he's picked that up, she, like, starts threatening Ragnar, like, to put the razor down, or she's going to attack him. Uh, but several and the other Howlers back uh, Darrow up, and they're like... yeah. It's like no, no, back the. Fu- I think her name is Thistle, the the yeah, nickname. Yeah, I think, think. so. Um, yeah. So they they get her to back the fuck down. I think
1: is that the day that Ragnar earns his coat. Uh, no, no, that's the fucking the the, the the on the ship the friendly one.
0: Yeah, you're thinking. That, yeah, that's Yeah, yeah, that's different. Um, yeah. But Ragnar does lead a, a contingent of Obsidians, and they so they alone managed to take an entire troop of golds out and take a gate to this city. Yeah. Um, so this is this is the key scene though. They they barely manage to after recovering what's left of his, you know, squad of howlers and stuff, they barely managed to get to the compound where the sovereign is on Mars. And um, but oh because they have like their grab the grab boots they have are like shot and crapping out, like they barely manage to get Darrow to the top of the wall, but no one else is able to get in. Because yep. uh, they, they crap out, and Darrow just decides, okay, I can't miss this opportunity. He goes in solo, he, despite his friends, like, shouting for him to stop. And he gets... He he uh, he manages to somehow, like, by the skin of his teeth, make it onto the shuttle that has the Sovereign on it. But inside... Yeah. Hmm? Sorry. What are you gonna no, say
1: th- you've... I think you've skipped part because we've definitely skipped
0: the part with, um, part, what's his name? Getting knighted. Fitchner? Yeah. So we didn't entirely, so it's, I'm getting to that because that, that is a key to this scene. Yeah. So I think they mentioned it earlier, but Fitchner, um, the proctor of Mars, the one that from the first book that's Severo's uh, father... Who kind of reluctantly helps him out in the first book he has he's managed to like work his way up and become like knighted as one of the the highest tier knights in the society and you know personal guards of the sovereign essentially um so he's in the ship too so he gets up there it's the the female uh valkyrie who i don't remember her name not valkyrie uh harpy yeah the I fucking
1: swordsman lady. The, the one that crushed remember.
0: his friend's head, uh, Fitchner, one of the the Bologna, I think it's Cassius. No, not Cassius. Um, the big bruiser guy who's a dickhead. Um uh, I can't really remember many of the other knights. To be honest. Yeah, well, he wasn't a knight. He was just one of the other Bologna Um, he was the one that beat him and pissed on him. Oh, um,
1: I can't. The, the big brother. I can't. Remember yeah, I
0: can't remember his name either. Uh, anyway, so it's... And then the Sovereign's there, too. And um, they see him there. He's muddy. He's bloody. He's, like, basically unarmed. Um, all he has is, like, a pulse grenade that he managed to, like, steal from somebody on the ground. Um, and he has that, and he's kind of threatening them with that, that, you know, don't come closer. I'll you know, just blow us all up. And then they just... The Sovereign just decides to make, you know, him look like an asshat and just turns the ship... Abruptly and because he doesn't have like the grav boots anymore. He gets thrown around and loses the grenade uh, And it flies out back the ship and So then they they all start like they come after him Fitchner is trying to stop them and go like no no, we should keep him alive and stuff like that a bunch of shit happens very quickly the the older Bologna brother dies um, It just... I can't remember, like, all of what happened. It's kind of... It all happens very quickly, and Darrow's, like, passing out during it, so you don't get a a clear picture in the book, if I remember right. Um, But what happens next is they find themselves, like, somewhere safe. Like, he's in a hospital bed, recovering from his injuries. And that's when it's revealed that Fitchner was the one that saved him. And got him back there. And that Fitchner is actually Ares. Like, he's actually, like, him, a gold. He's Ares. And it's explained that the reason that he became Ares and started this whole rebellion was because he ended up, like, uh, falling in love with a go- with a red. Him being a gold. Um, and they had some secret genetic modifications done so that they could have a kid. And that kid is Severo, which is why he's kind of short for a gold. And it mm. doesn't have exactly have the the most um, refined features, let's say. And he's so, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> why they call him goblin. And so it's it, it's funny um, that it, like uh, that they have this moment where it's like so Severo's half gold and he and he's like yeah, there's a fucking surprise for me too. <laughs> Severo just has some great lines in that whole. He is. Whole he's book. just, such he's such just a, an awesome character. He is. Um. Yeah, so that happens, and they've essentially retaken. Uh, him and Mustang finally get together, you know, in the hospital bed. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, that 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 happens.
1: Okay, I was I was thinking of uh, what happens next. The big, the big secret.
0: The big reveal. Mm. Yeah. So he he realizes that um he kind of made a promise to himself to like. You know stop lying to those closest to him and so he decides to reveal the fact that he's a a red to Mustang and so they they revisit his mine um, Lycos where he was as a red so he could see his family again and it's only been a few years at this point like three or four years Hmm. and um, he goes down there and at near the end he like he hands like a data thing to Mustang is like you know if you really want to be a part of my life, if you really want me to let you in 100%, watch this. And if you really want that, you know, follow me in here. Otherwise, you know, you can go. And so he goes into the room and, you know, it's his mother. And his mother, like, it, there's this really touching moment where his mother recognizes him despite all the, like, cutting and carving that's been done to him to make him look yeah. completely different. Um, and they have a little heart-to-heart and, uh, but then he sees on his data pad that Mustang left. Like, yeah. she didn't follow him in. And, um... Oof. Hmm?
1: Right in the fields. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that happens. Um, that heart-to-heart happens. They leave the mine. There's a confrontation between him, Mustang, and Ragnar on their way out. Uh, if I remember mm. right. Uh, where she basically tells him to fuck off. They almost blow her up. They do almost blow her up as well. Yeah.
1: Um, I can't remember how that ends. No, they think that they're chasing her, and it turns out she's just on Darrow's ship or something.
0: Is that right? Something. Th- there's there's a bit of a... Ch- that, I'm kind of vague on... I, I can't remember exactly how that scene goes. But essentially, they go after her, and they don't get her, and there's a, there's a very tense confrontation of some kind. Um, they kind of go their separate ways. And because of that, the so Mustang's father, the Arch-Governor, um, Mr. Al-Augustus, he is holding on Mars a triumph. Like in the Roman style, like if a, a Roman general conquered um, uh, and did some great thing for Rome, they would hold a triumph. There's a giant parade and festivities and things and... Um, Usually would end with well in the Roman sense it would end with the execution of a conquered king well, most of the time. Um, yeah. And that'll ha- but but in this it's it's essentially in that that same style. He's conquered Mars and so they hold a triumph from its big celebration and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And here's where everything like just goes fucking crazy. Like yep. he it Roke betrays him and like. You know
1: His friend from the beginning.
0: Yeah. The man that he tried to spare from the uh, explosion that he thought was going to happen um, you know, poisons him so he's essentially paralyzed. Yeah, um, he's kind of fucked up. They, the, so several people in there who were disguised as waiters turn out to actually be other golds from rival houses and rival factions and they... They slaughter. It's like uh, Victra, mm-hmm. the the woman who was sister to Antonia, but who has like kind of come over and become a close friend to him. Yeah, um, I kind of loved Darrow a bit. Yeah, yeah. She gets shot in the back and like because her, her s- sister by her sister exactly, yeah. and like and it, cl- it like paralyzed her from the 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 waist down, and she's like crawling over to Darrow and just like clutching onto him, just like with her with the like her last words, just going like. It's like I didn't know, I didn't know this. I didn't know, like it's just like in her last words of just her trying to tell him like, I didn't betray you. Um, yeah. She's she's got a very there's a whole unrequited love thing going on with those two. Um, Lorne gets it. Yeah, Lorne. Lorne dies. Um, what is it? Uh, a couple. Uh, a couple of the um, the children from the the families of the the outer planets they get slaughtered. Um, Strangely,
1: quite a few people aren't at the ceremony, though.
0: Yeah, like, quite a few people, like, Mustang and a bunch of others aren't there, well, mainly because of that confrontation that happened. Yeah, um, Severo and the Hells. The, the, the Telemonuses aren't there. Severo isn't mm. there because he went to look for his father, because his father was missing. Yeah, I don't... was... Nero? Was he there? Mm, you're talking about, uh... Nero or is... the Augustus,
1: head of the household.
0: Was he already dead? Nero's the, Nero's the Nero's Arch-Governor, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's okay. there, and he. Th- this is the big culmination scene, is his son, the Jackal, is one of the people that uh, orchestrates yeah. the whole thing, and Darrow witnesses him, like, you know, talking to his father, and his father's like, he's like, you know, are you proud of me now? I've conquered all this and done all this, and um, Nero's like, no, you're a fucking monster. How could you do this to our family? And the Jackal's mm. like, oh too bad and he just shoots him in the head um which these new allies of his get really pissed about because they needed him as like a bargaining chip or something like yeah. that or, or some some for some reason either to put him on trial or something like that this is the red wedding of the red rising series essentially yeah and roke like reveals to darrow in that moment that like you know essentially like he found out that he was a he was actually a red and just from that point on like he's just like i'm i must serve my people you're nothing but a liar and stuff like this and yeah um and then like the last big reveal of the book is they handed him a box and just opened it in front of him and in the box is Fitchner's head severo's dad Ares. Mm -hmm. and that's when where the book ends yeah big big plot twist at the end and Message, very dark ending. Because so many deaths. Where's the first book ended on a very like upbeat note, like uh, like yeah. it's like we've just conquered, and the second book feels like it's going to end that way, but at the last second, they got that big oh, gut shit. punch plot twist.
1: Mm. And oof, oh, boy, does uh, I'm not
0: gonna say any spoilers, but book three opens pretty fucking dramatically, and it's god, is it dark? I'm yeah. I think I'm in part I'm in part 3 of book 3 right now. Okay. I actually have, you left have to that fi-
1: cold planet.
0: I have to figure out where I left off because uh, earlier this week yeah. I was playing Morrowind on the Xbox and yeah. I was I had my headphones on. I was just listening to the audiobook while I was doing it and um I don't know, it was like 10 or 11 at night and kind of laid down on my couch playing and I fell asleep at some point and I woke up like a few hours later at like 2 a.m. and to like several yelling in the book and I was like oh god it's gone on a lot longer I don't know oh, what so I have to find where I actually fell asleep oh, well. did you did you leave the cold planet yes yeah they, they're past okay. the cold planet now but yeah so well, anyway second book I when I was looking online because I I always review audiobooks when I finish them just you know, yeah. put a star rating. I saw a lot of people complaining about the second book. They like they didn't like it as much as the first one. They felt like there was problems. I, I don't know. I, I liked it.
1: Like There was a lot more movement in the second one. In the first book, it's basically the mines, the city, the institute, and that's it. It's a lot easier to remember the things that happen yeah. because there's a very... It all takes place on Mars. Yeah. Whereas this is, you're bouncing all over the universe. Maybe yeah. that's what people don't like.
0: Yeah, it starts out in, like, the asteroid belt, and then it goes back to Mars, and then it goes to Luna, and then it goes to Ganymede, and then it goes back to Mars. So, yeah, yeah you are bouncing all over the solar system in this book. Yeah, I
1: guess. I, I, I don't know. I think it is probably, of the three books, it's probably my least favorite, but it's still a phenomenally good book. Mm-hmm. And that last scene in particular, it's fucking beautiful.
0: Oh, God, Some of the reveals, the drama... It's a gut Amazing. punch. I, I won't lie I like um, I I had tears in my eyes listening to that, that last little bit with Victra like crawling over to him. Yeah. Like that was that was like oh it got me right in the feels. And the same with his mother. Oh yeah when she recognizes him for the first. Yeah there's there's a lot of really really mm. this book series does like emotional scenes so well. Like when he's yep. getting them hyped up to go for the Iron Rain on Mars, I was like, I had, like, goosebumps on my arms listening. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was it was a really good, like, inspirational speech. Yeah, um, especially because the
1: voice actor is...
0: Yeah. Good. But the, the, the author, the, the the writer, like, seems to have a very good understanding of the kind of things that motivate armies in war.
1: Mm. He obviously knows a lot about, like, Roman tactics. Yeah. For a start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah god no it's brilliant uh, but you'll have to wait uh, another three weeks till our next book
0: review uh, yeah and by then I should be finished with uh, the third you'll book which is called what is it morning star I think the morning star yeah, morning star, yeah. quite good but yeah I'm still and enjoying then, the series and then the after trilogy book which, which I'm, I'll have to read at some point I'm not gonna read you I I, I believe you when you said that they were kind of crap after these ones
1: I think there's only one book after it um, that I'm aware of, at least. There are three. I, I do still think you should read it. I absolutely do. And maybe you'll really enjoy it. I just know that I didn't.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll take a look at it. I got plenty of Audible credits, so. Yeah. But I think after I finish this series, there's another uh, book that I've been meaning to read. Hmm. Um, I've been going through a lot of sci-fi lately, so I think I need, uh, I need a break from sci-fi. Read something Actually, a little bit I- different.
1: I think that if you're going to read the fourth book, I think you should get that in physical paper form. Oh? I think it might be a lot better in physical paper form. Did it have, like,
0: a crap voice actor or something like that?
1: One of the, the main... well, maybe not the main gripe, but one of the main gripes I had about the fourth book in the series is that they had four or five
0: different voice actors. Oh, okay. And they kept switching I mean, between th- them. That, that can be done well. Because like the, um, that Formic Wars series I talked about a few times. Um, they do that. They have a different mm. voice actor for each character. Yeah, um, I I- but it's, it's always the voice actor for the character that is telling the chapter. And it works out because most of the time the characters aren't together. They're kind of scattered around um, throughout the solar system. They, they interact with each other. But they don't, it's rare that they're all together in the same place. So it actually worked out well for that book because it was like, okay, in this chapter, I know it's being told by this character because I can just the voice immediately. Um, and it yeah. it did well. But I can see for this series, they've had one very good voice actor like reading through the book. And, he's, and he
1: still, he still reads part of it.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is this guy that they have in this current series has a very good vocal range. Like, he can he can do very well, like... Like, I know when he's talking as each person, because he's using yeah. different accents, he's using... And whether it's an obsidian or a gold. He, yeah, he's very good with the different accents. He has is very good with the different pitches. Like, it's obvious when Ragnar's talking because of the deep, booming voice. Mm. And then, like, it's obvious when one of the... Uh, Like, the Reds are talking, because it's always, like, a more higher-pitched kind of voice, and then... Yeah,
1: and the different genders, he's...
0: Yeah, just Just very good all around. Um, But yes, so far, it's still loving the series, and I'm on the third book now, so highly recommend. If you're into the... I mean, if you're into the... Even, even like, people who aren't a huge fan of sci-fi could probably like this, because... The story really isn't about, like... The hard science fiction. There are sci-fi bits in it and it's cool to hear about the technology they're using, but they don't go into too much detail. It's more about the characters, the factions, and how the society is structured and how it's kind of become stagnant and decadent. Almost like the actual Roman Empire. If you like social
1: constructs, you'll like it. If you like epic battles, you'll like it. If you like politics,
0: you will like it. If you like character drama, you'll like it
1: yeah even history because like it's about all different kind of races being brought together on one side whereas the others are trying to enslave them i mean
0: yeah yeah uh, anyway yeah great great book um but yeah I, but, oh my god i could just I, at this point it's just like we're, we're just kind of waffling on in, in the afterglow just thinking back on the book just like, yeah. Oh, yeah it was so good anyway yeah anything else you want to say before i call? oh oh announcement for next week we've got to figure out something special to do because next week is episode 52 which is the one year mark right because 52 weeks in a year we have done an entire uh yeah we've been doing this regularly every week for an entire year
1: i think it's going to be a quiz week next week mm.
0: we'll have to figure out some i was I, I have some ideas um, that I'll discuss with you after this uh, yeah. for what we could potentially do for to, to mark that out as a special one. I um,
1: okay. um, am uh, Also, I think it's your turn to ask me because I did food. You did food for me last
0: time. I did food for you last time, so it's so you I quizzing make... me. Yeah, you're right. I got no. wrong around my head. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. But yeah, look forward All to right. that for next week. Um, but for now. This is going to be the end of episode 51 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next week.
1: Go out and enjoy the sunshine.